0: I'm going to ask you to do something with me. Would you just bow your head and close your eyes silently and just think about how much God loves you? Thank you so much. Would you turn with me in your Bibles now, please, to Matthew chapter 5, the Gospel of Matthew. Again, reading at verse 43, Matthew chapter 5. Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For ye, ye love them which love you. What reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? And if ye you salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so. Be ye therefore perfect, even as your father, which is in heaven, is perfect. There's probably no more verses in Scripture that are any more discouraging than these verses. And there are no more verses in Scripture than are more encouraging than these verses. Here you see the gospel. Here you see what loving Jesus Christ is about. The only way you can love an enemy is to have enough of God's love in you that it overflows. This, by the way, is not a demand. Do not say, this is something I'm going to do. You won't do it. It is not a demand, it is a display of God's grace in your life. When you see a person that loves their enemies, that prays and does good for them that hurt them, you will say there is something wrong with that person. And that is exactly right. A Christian is unique. A Christian is not like the norm God has done something to you, and it's time that we let it all out and loved Him. What are you going to do about this God love that you have? How God loved you and saved you from all your sins, has kept you out of hell eternally. What are you going to do about it? This is what you do about it. You love others. Now, you know, there's a lot in the Bible about predestination and grace and and election, and all those doctrines, and they're so powerfully true. But I'm going to tell you, it's good, it's good to know there's practical aspects. The root of being saved by God's grace, His redeeming love, is the overflow of loving one another. And here it is said by Jesus Himself. I pray the Lord will bless this service. I've got to tell you, I come far short of trying to talk to people like you about doing something that I feel like I fell so short of doing. But I'm like you. I want to do it because God says do it. Not only that, I have hope that God will enable me and you to do it. And the ending is to be like Him, to be perfect even as our Father in heaven is perfect. May the Lord bless us. My title for this message is How to Treat People. How to Treat People. We're embracing a theme entitled, Teach Me Jesus. And I pray that that would be our cry. He is the greatest teacher that could ever be. And if we're going to listen to Jesus, we will learn something. It will influence your life. Now I don't have to tell you, when you listen to this world, When you listen to Fox News, when you listen to CNN, you will learn how to hate people. We have gotten to a country where you don't just have different opinions. You can't just disagree with somebody, which I believe, frankly, is good. But now you have to hate them. I have never expressed so much belittling of a president of the United States as I have President Biden. I did not vote for him. But I think it's far beyond a country that claims to be Christian, if we do, that you could belittle somebody that has been ordained by God Almighty as a power that be. Now, I'm telling you, it is just pure sickening. And that is why we have so much chaos and division in our world. Because we got to hate We got to hate, and we got to hate them, and we we can't love them. Now, that doesn't mean that we just water down the truth. It doesn't mean that we lay over and let everybody walk over our backs. What it means is that we stand for Jesus. Jesus didn't do that. He didn't. But I'm going to tell you, it's a blessing to know that we are called to love even those that are unlovable. We have to remember that we were that way ourselves and God loved us. May the Lord bless us. What I want to try to do is say three things briefly about this point of scripture. It's so powerful and has so much in it. But I think it brings out four things regarding how to treat people. Look at verse 43. Jesus says, Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. So my first point is, how to treat people, what's really most important is the motive. And the motive has to be truth. It is so amazing to me in studying this that we find that Jesus, in teaching us how to treat people, the first thing he deals with is a biblical falsehood. See, the Pharisees were thinking from the Old Testament, mainly from Leviticus 19, where God says that we're to love our neighbors, that they took that to be, well, that means you can hate everybody else. That is not what God means. See, we need to understand that that we have to have truth because truth is the root of love. To be tolerant is not to love somebody. See, we're in a world today that says, oh, if you hurt my feelings, then you don't love me. I'm going to tell you, Jesus Christ will hurt your feelings. Jesus Christ uses the E word. He says enemies. If Jesus Christ were giving a speech today, he would be called a racist. Jesus Christ today would be arrested to be an insurrectionist. You're talking about a guy that's blunt? Jesus Christ was blunt. He tells the truth, but the truth will make you free. This business about telling everybody they can live anyway, that anything's okay, I'm going to tell you where it gets us. It gets us with a world full of hate, with a world full of confusion, with a place where boys and girls don't know which they are, Where relationships mean nothing. Where marriage and abortion has nothing to have any spiritual merit at all. And so we see that, but I'm going to tell you, first of all, Jesus says, I'm going to clear up the truth. And he uses the rest of these verses to do it. So the truth is the root of love. If you try to separate truth from love or love from truth, It's about like separating the fruit from the root. See, you can be really loved and not feel loved. You hear me? You can. But we're living in a world where we're going to pander to the victim. Okay? Nobody's going to be the victim. You can't hurt my feelings. Why, I won't like you. I mean, and you know what? What happens, we are controlled by people. We're controlled by what people think of us and what people do to us. And we just miss the mark of understanding Jesus teach me how to treat people. So that's what Jesus said. The first thing is you tell them the truth. You got to tell them the truth. What is the truth? The truth is Jesus Christ. I don't know if you got this book yet but I want you to try to get it. It's called Saving My Assassin by a woman by the name of Virginia, Virginia Progan. This woman grew up in a main, Romania, communist, socialist country. I heard a profound testimony just the other day of this woman, and it shook me. I looked at it several times. I've got the book through Jennifer, ordered, coming. But I'm going to tell you, what motivated this woman as a little girl in Romania By under the horrific dictatorship. And by the way, she teaches what happens in a socialistic country. Much of our country wants to go that way. Seems like we're going there. And it's because that we've left the truth. And we want to tolerate anything. Well, this woman can tell you what it's like to live under that regime. But she come to the point that she said God inspired in her when she was six years old. Now, this woman, when she was full grown, was less than five foot tall, weighed 88 pounds. And she grew, and she said, I want to know the truth. And she studied to be a lawyer. Now, the country she was in at that time would pay for education, just like our nation wants to do. Everybody gets everything free. She said her own words. To deal with that, though, it sounds good, but when you get it, they tell you what you're going to do. They tell you your career. You don't choose it, okay? So anyway, she got into law because she wanted to know the truth. And so she got so discouraged. But she saw this one man that was her client after she got her law degree. And she said, something's wrong with that man. She said he had joy and hope in this regime of dictatorship and horrific treatment. And she said, what's wrong with you? She went in her office, the story said, uh, that day about to quit. And she said, this man, she looked in his eyes and says, what have you got? I want it. And he says, will you come to church with me? And they went to a Christian church. I don't know how that church existed in that place, but it was. God always has a light somewhere, believe that. And so she goes there and she hears the gospel for the first time. And it's amazing. She said, God led me there. And the preacher said, read the text, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And she says, what? She said, that's the truth. And she lived her life displaying the truth of God. But here's why I tell you this story. What come out of that is love. Because she was defending people in that country who had their Bible stripped from them, who were... Killed and put in prison for having a Bible. Did you know that happens? And so she was defending them, and her government was so mad with her. They sent an assassin to kill her. And so one day, this man walked in her office, disguised as her client. And he says, when she sat down in front of her, he pulls out a gun. He says, I'm really, I come to kill you. And this little woman said she just started shaking all over But she said, God spoke to her and said, you tell him the truth. And she started telling him, he said, you know, she says, I love you. I love you. I know you came to kill me, but I love you. And God loves you. And you know what? She said, that man put his gun down and started weeping on her desk. And she said, that is the book title. And this man wrote a chapter in that book. And she did not imply that she saved the man, but God used her. Use her to understand that you stand for the truth. And when you do that, you will be displaying the most profound love that you can ever stand for when you love somebody. Stand for the truth. And so you see, that has to be your most motive. That has to be for us to love like we're supposed to love. Now, listen, we're going to have enemies. You need to really be thinking about that. That's not always a bad thing. Okay, it's not. You know what? Jesus had a lot of enemies. I'm willing to say, if if everybody likes you, you better be something wrong somewhere, okay? I mean, Jesus says, uh, beware when all men speak well of you. So they did the false prophets in Israel. Most of us have a friends list way too long. We do. We got too many people to try to please. We need to understand that Jesus said, and look at Matthew 5, you're still there, look at verse 11, here's what it says, blessed are ye when men shall revile at you and persecute you, and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. So we're going to have enemies, and we need to understand that that's a real, but even that, there's no cushion for the truth. You got to tell the truth, and that's the root of love. And where's the truth? It's in this book. That's why we need to live for the truth. Secondly, I want you to look at verse 44 with me. It says there, But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you, and persecute you. Now here's a verse that would really shake us. does not make any sense. I'm not going to want to do good to people that doesn't do good to me. Neither are you. But see, we are, we are supernatural beings, okay? And so here's my second point is mercy. You know how to treat people? You treat people with mercy because that's how God treated you. God says in his word, Be ye therefore merciful, even as your Father in heaven is merciful. Kai sung the beautiful song, Try a Little Kindness. I was thinking when he was singing that, I think it's Ephesians 4.32, Be ye kind, tenderhearted, Forgiving one another, even as your Father in heaven has forgiven you for Christ's sake. I mean, you know, when you really think about hating somebody, how can you hate somebody when you think about how much God's loved you? You know, I'm going to say this. I, I believe I know Todd Hudgens well enough to know. I know that he's a man that's got a heart for God. But I believe that every time he arrests a person, no matter what that person has done, I believe there's a measure of love for that person in Todd's life. Now, I know Todd might not agree with me, but I believe that because I know some horrific things these guys have to deal with. But I believe deep down there's a love. That doesn't mean that you're going to just let everything happen. So I'm going to tell you, if you come in my house and you start bothering my family, I'm going to defend it. And I'm going to do it the most violent way if necessary. I believe that the most horrific battles in this world, the wars of this world, soldiers have killed other soldiers, and they've done it and wept. They've loved them, but it was a defense they had to take. And so we need to see that and bless that, but we have to understand that that it has to be truth, and it has to be mercy. Mercy, oh God, because that's how you've loved me. I remember the prayer the other night. Brother Lindsay prayed in our deacon's meeting. It was so profound. I've been thinking about it all week. He said, Lord, something to this effect, help us to see the needs of others and help enable us, he said, to meet those needs. Now, my friends, that is the call of what Christians are supposed to do and look like. Oh, God, help me see that need. It doesn't matter what color they are or whether they've got lots or not. What the religion or the denomination? We do it because of mercy. We do it because that's how God called us to live in our lives and bless Him all the ways of our lives. What a blessing. Look at Luke chapter 6 right quick. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Luke chapter 6. Look at verse 27. But I say unto you which here love your enemies, do good to them which hate you. Do good to them which hate you. What does that mean? That means you do good to them. Whatever you do to them is it for their good. That does not mean you give them anything they want. Okay? Hey, I want to tell you something. I have, I remember a situation. One of my family members was arrested in the Bullock County Jail. Okay? And Lynn Anderson called me. He was sheriff then. And told me about it. And I said, Lynn, I'm going to tell you something that's not going to make sense, but I said, I'm going to leave them right there. I want you to keep them right there. I'm going to tell you love is not taking somebody into your house all the time. It's not. Love is not giving them anything they want. That is not love. I mean, it could be, but if it's not to do them good, because you see, what you can do is damage people. You can damage and destroy them by what you think is going to be love. That person later thanked me for that. It was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And I'm going to tell you, you've got to understand what God is talking about. We have to understand that when love somebody, we love them. We just don't tolerate everything. We have to do it in compassion. What Jesus is talking about is you don't hate with a destructive hate. But there better be some things that you hate in life. And the number one thing that we need to hate is sin. Because the sin is the root of all evil, including not not loving others as we ought to. I'm going to tell you, COVID is dangerous, but it'll also make you lazy. It'll make you lazy as it can be. Why? Because we're going to say, well, I've got an excuse. I don't have to love anybody. I don't have to see anybody. I don't have to do anything. You Be careful about that. It's what Satan likes. I'm going to tell you, we need to see the, the mercy way and ask God to help us. We can't say, you know, here's a beggar on the street holding up that cup. You know, I'm not going to give you anything. You're going to go buy a bottle of wine. You give it to him. You don't worry about the results. You let God take care of that. See, it's the same thing. God is judicial. We're not. We can't judge that person. But God will in the end. Hey, in the Old Testament, there was a time God tells Israel, said, you killed those Midianites, those Amorites. Canaanites. But that was judicial. That wasn't for us in the New Testament to take vengeance. God says in the New Testament, vengeance is mine. I will repay. So we're to be loved, and we're to love that way. That's what Virginia Proden did. And God used that. Now, we can throw bricks at the TV if we want to. But we need to get on our knees and search our soul and say, Oh, God, look at my, what my sinful life is about. Thank you, God, for saving me by your grace. Oh, God, no way can I be hateful to somebody. I know, I know anger is real. We struggle with it, some of us more than others. But I'm going to tell you, when you really think about what God does for you, that pride moves away. You forgive. And don't worry about how many times you do it. Jesus said 70 times 7. He means it don't matter how many times. So we see the motive. And we see... The mercy. I told you this and I'll probably repeat it to somebody, but I had this happen to me in my business years ago. I had a guy that had been on the track of timber on my personal little track and he submitted a bid that was, man, that was twice as much as everybody else's. I felt so good. Had some girls in college, you know, it's going to help things a lot. I never forget that guy walked in my office that next morning, he said, Mr. Randy, he's holding some papers. He said, I'm here today asking for mercy. That word caught me. He said, I made a mistake on that bid. I made a mistake. I figured it wrong. He says, I realize that you have every recourse, but I'm just asking you for mercy. That's all. I'm going to tell you, friends, I couldn't deal with that. I need that money awful bad, but I'm going to tell you this. You know what the golden rule is? Doing to others as you would have them doing to you. So many times we get messed up because we let the, we, instead of the golden rule, we let the gold rule us. We need to be mindful of that. Because here's the world, you know, you're peace with God, but that I might be a perfect, not Jesus. I want to be like Him, and that's what God is doing, shaping us and molding us in this way, and what a blessing it is. But I'm going to tell you, mercy has to be the way. And doing good is not giving everybody anything they want. And we think it is because that's what our culture has been teaching us. And we need to hate sin and hate evil. In order to bother our lifestyle, do you know if you're living in an adulterous relationship, not only are you sinning, you're, you're causing somebody else to. You hear me? That's the way it is. What you do on the Lord's Day... You can lead somebody away from church and have no, no problem to God, But I want you to be reminded, you're not only doing what, what sin against your, you; You sin against somebody. You're causing them to. I mean, I'm serious. God is serious about how we're supposed to live our life. He can close the church down. He's already done it once. So, so we see mercy. Oh, God, have mercy. And then, and then look at verse 45, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. And my third point is the model. I mean, this is how we model what God is like. Hey, our business is not just get our rights. Our business is not to make sure we got everything the way we want it. Our business is not going around and and tell everybody else. Our business is not to to make sure the results turn out. In fact, the results are not our business, they're God's. What we're responsible for is our own heart. Because that's what you're going to give account to God for. Have you loved in a merciful, truthful way? Or have you just pandered and you say, well, I don't want any resistance. I don't want nobody not to like me. I want to just do this and that. I'm going to tell you, if all I did in this world was try to cater to people, I'm going to tell you, what kind of preacher would I be if I never talked about sin? I mean, you would just be flimsy as you could be. You'd be about as useless as a cucumber in a top of a grain bin. I mean, you know? Nothing. No salt. No, no light. So, so you model. I'm going to tell you what, that's what Christ did on the cross. What did he say? Father, forgive them. They don't know what to do. Just because you don't know what, what they do or somebody hurts you, Because they don't know what they do. Does that make them not guilty? No, it doesn't. Still guilty. I'm going to tell you, some of the greatest enemies, we all got enemies, I said that, some of them are right in the church. Some of them are right in your own household. You hear me? Right in your own household. Jesus says a man's greatest foe is they of his own household. I mean, you got them, you got them, but you got to love them. And you can't say, well, you know, I'm going to change you. You're gonna pray for God to change them. And you be there for them when they come to that way. Just like that father of the prodigal came. He was coming, he says, I'm coming home, and he says, I'm gonna meet you. So we have a model. Jesus on the cross. And the model prayer. You know what? When you pray for one another, our enemies include, we need to pray the model prayer. We do. Oh Lord, thy kingdom come to them just like us. Thou will be done. You give them daily bread. I'm going to tell you. You talking about mercy? Jesus says, "God sends the rain on the just and the unjust." See, God is merciful and has, in a measure, of love for even the enemies. He does. The evil God does. And That's not the same redeeming love that He has for His people. I know it's not, but I'm going to tell you it's what you call common grace. So we see motive, we see that's the truth. We see mercy, because that's how God's dealt with us. Don't you ever forget that. We haven't earned anything that God has decided to like us. God loved us when we were sinners. He loved us when we were his enemies. We don't have to meet certain criteria for God to love us and forgive us. He has done that. He has justified us freely by His grace. We better get serious and show Him that we appreciate it. It's not what somebody does to you. It's what God has done to you that matters. And then then we see the model. I mean, this is how you be like Jesus. If you can't be like Jesus, I don't know, by loving your enemies and doing good to them that persecute you, I don't know how you're going to get there. I mean, you know what? You were talking about exemplifying unconditional love. Jesus does that. And he says we're conformed to be his image. Now, we like to shout and say, I like that I'm elected and predestinated and never can lose my salvation. But you don't ever forget that he says you're going to be to be conformed to his image. And you're talking about an image of a man that was God that loved his enemies. And God is going to give you and me lots of opportunities to do that because there are people that we have to deal with that are hard to love, right? I mean, there are people in this world that only a mother can love. I believe that. They just, that is downright hard to do. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's going to change them. I mean, they're going to all like you. It doesn't matter if they're ever like you. If Jesus hasn't spent all his life trying to get everybody to like him and be reconciled, he's never got anything else done. I mean, you've got to move on. But you can't carry this hatred and bitterness for somebody's destruction, no matter who they are or what they've done to you. And then lastly, look at verse 46 through 48. For ye love them which love you. What reward have you, or if you do? Do not even the publicans the same. And if you salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so. But be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. So here's the deal as I see it. My fourth point is the measure. This is the measure of how you treat people. Okay? In other words, you love them, like you want to be loved. You do good for them for the good that you have been able to receive mercifully from God. In other words, you see God's love in your heart, you feel that. And you feel the joy of forgiveness. Have you ever felt that? I'm going to tell you, there's nothing any greater. And to know that God is sovereign and in control, you know what, and then He loves us. I want you to know that. So really, I want to be able to wrap my skin around you and just give you all that, okay? That's what he's talking about. That's the measure. That's the witness that we have that I love you, and I want you to have all the happiness that God has for you. See, the problem we have is we try to get to happiness without God. You can't do it. Because God said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you, including happiness and loving your enemies. Now, you don't hate your enemies and like it any more than I do. But how are we going to get out of it? What we're going to do is just go to Jesus, and we're going to say, Jesus, fill my heart with your love so much that I become insensitive to what people think of me. And if people don't like me, oh God, I understand that. But thank you, God, that you love me and that you know my heart. See, we don't have to prance around and act like we got to be somebody or we got to do this and that and the other. We need to thank God for His blessings of grace. Well, it's just an overflow, this measure. You know, have you ever, I know you have. I, I can remember go to the nursing home. And uh, thinking, going in that room, I want to be a blessing just like you do. And you get there, and you want to get the blessing. Isn't that true? See, that's what he's talking about. He says, you, you go to them, you treat them, and, and you're going to get blessed. I mean, Virginia Proden, for example, I mean, what a blessing this woman f- receives from, from being obedient to God. And by the way, I don't know if I told you that guy with the timber. I said, you know, I just I just went a long way. I, I had to, my flesh is hard to deal with sometimes. But I couldn't forget God's mercy to me. When you have a situation where you gotta, you're going to be wronged and you're going to have them, you think about what God has done for you. You, you don't have to carry grudges around, okay? You don't have to see somebody coming down the street that you don't like and, and they don't like you and you just feel bad all over. You ever had that? You know, it just makes you just, your spirits go down. Why is that? Because we are being convicted by the Holy Spirit that we're not loving that person. And it's not about feelings, it's about deciding that I'm going to love him. Doesn't mean you have to like him, doesn't mean you have to go home with him or they with you. But it does mean that your motive is that you desire for them the very best. And you know that has to come from God. And you know if they're trying to live in a way that's not of God, that you have courage enough and love enough that you're going to tell Him about it. That you're going to wash their feet, so to speak, spiritually. May the Lord bless us to know how to treat people. Because God has treated us so mercifully, so truthfully, so graciously. You know, I don't know how long we've got to live, but I'm going to tell you, we're going to die. We don't have to live, but we have to love one another. Because we're not in this world to be here forever. By the time we're here, be far be it that we're going to live a life that has a legacy of some kind of hatred or some sort of bitterness. Now what this is going to mean is a clear light of this truth. And I believe that we're in this part of this nation today that you're going to have to stand up for God and and you're going to make some enemies when you do. But nevertheless, it's worth it. Because God may use your testimony just like he did this lady in Romania. You don't know what God's doing on the other side. He is a big God. And that woman said, I had a huge God and a very little woman. And when that God gets that way, I'm going to tell you, truth, love, flows. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. Would you bow with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your truth. We thank you, Lord, for telling us just like it is in spite of the profound difference in our normal, natural reaction. Help us, Lord, to understand that you are serious about how we treat people. And we pray, O Lord, you give us grace and sensitivity to realize how great, merciful God you are in treating us. Poor, unworthy sinners as we are, you have loved us so desperately right and brought us to your very throne of grace. Oh God, thank you so much. We're going to leave it settled for you, oh God. Help us to love our enemies and do good to them that would not do good to us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.